It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Live from downtown Cleveland! The Browns are in the playoffs, fellas. The Browns are in the playoffs. It is a beautiful thing. What do you think of that? It's a beautiful thing, man. It was this season. When you look back on this season, you just think about the how magical it was. This team is dangerous, man. Like they, they should have never let them in the playoffs because this I'd be scared to go against the Browns. There's so many different ways that they can beat you. Like who who do you scheme now? You know, you think about not having certain guys and other guys are stepping up and making plays. That's a dangerous team. Hide the women and children and change the locks. <laughs> the Browns are coming to your town. And it, it, you're right. This is a team nobody wants to play right now. The way that they're playing, they can I mean, the Flacco story is unbelievable. We'll get into it. Watching the fan watching the players at the end of the game, mingle with the fans. Mm. It took me back to yeah. the last game in the old stadium when they were hugging and, and they were crying. The players were crying when the team left. And I haven't seen anything like that since. You can go find the pictures if you haven't seen them. David Njoku laughing and joking with some kids in the stands. and Joe Flacco to the playoffs. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so great for this town. It's so great for these fans. You guys deserve it. It's been so long in the making. There you go right there uh, with, with David and, and some of the fans in the stands. Everybody... I've never seen – I've only been hanging around this team since 2018. I've never seen a locker room like this. Like, they've cleansed, they've cleansed everything. They've sanitized everything. They've got all the demons out. And it's just – it's a fun time, man. It's a fun time to, for you to be a Browns fan. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. The Browns are in the playoffs. Bernie Kozar is going to join us at noon. We're going to be on Channel 3, WKYC here in Cleveland from 1230 to 1 as we always are. Thanks to all of you, the thousands of Cleveland fans, of Cleveland Browns fans who are watching, who are listening, who are doing whatever. Please hit the thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up for us. Let's get it going. Let's break the record here for viewers. Let's break the record here for thumbs up. It's going to be a great day. We're going to celebrate the Browns' victory. <laughs> to all the Steelers and Bengals and Ravens fans that were on uh, social media last night trying to downplay what the Browns have done, trying to rain on the parade of Browns fans, I have one thing to say to you. Go F yourself. <laughs> That's exactly what I have to say. You're out of line. You're out of pocket. They tried to do I that. Got, I got to tell you, I've seen social media. I've seen 
Steelers and Ravens fans like rooting for the Browns. I actually seen the same. Yeah. Well, good for those people, but the there's, negative ones they can screw themselves. There's nothing negative you can say. I've about seen it. negative. Like there's no way that you can say anything negative. I saw one guy was like, "Oh, they're gonna get knocked out in the first round." Well, maybe they will. Who knows? Who but can't? I doubt it. I doubt that as well. Yeah. But like, so what? The, the, who said that? I don't know. Some I'm about to say, this is a Pittsburgh fan. They yeah. fight for their life right yeah. now. They're not getting the playoffs. And for the first time since 1989, yeah. the Browns will finish with a better record than the Steelers. It, it, I mean, think about that for a second. I know. We it's talked about absurd. We talked about that. I wasn't even born season. yet. Guys, you know, you know the movie The Natural? Do you remember yeah. that movie? Oh, yeah. Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Never right? heard of it. Okay. Of course <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> So for those who don't know, youngsters like Tyvis and, and, and the young Nine people baseball people. Uh, the Natural was a movie with Robert Redford. Now, he's way too old to be a baseball player, but you got to suspend reality. So Robert Redford, at the beginning of the movie, is this young, hotshot baseball prospect. He's supposed, he looks like he's 50, but he's supposed to be 19 years old or 20 years old. And he's going, and he, and he, and he face, he's on the train to go play baseball for the first time professionally. And there's his competition, and there's this Babe Ruth-type character who he strikes out, he's going to be a star. He ends up getting shot. His whole career goes down the tubes. Then years, years, years later, he makes a comeback to baseball. He's a hitter instead of a pitcher, and he, nobody ever heard of him before. He comes from the independent leagues, and he becomes the greatest baseball player who ever lived. Well, the, the screenplay for The Natural Part 2 is this story. Now, Joe Flacco wasn't shot. He never got shot. He wasn't out of football for, for 10, 12 years. But he kind of was. But he kind of was. <laughs> Joe Flacco was a very good NFL quarterback for a while. He led a team to a Super Bowl. He's won a ton of playoff games. By the way, Joe Flacco has never, never gone to the playoffs and lost his first playoff game. Never in his career. He's won at least one playoff game every time he's been to the playoffs. This story is patently absurd. Yeah. Patently absurd. We'll get more details on that. But the city last night, mm. guys, you guys were both at the stadium. They showed up and they it showed was, up. You, went, you left at two. Jason, yeah. you left at three. Yep. I, I bet there were still people out when you guys left. Oh, absolutely. Downtown was rocking last yeah. night. Even when I was walking out the station, it was a bunch of people still on the streets, getting still drinking. I'm like, man, y'all need to go home. But I, <laughs> I understand. No, the, the, the stadium, from when the time I got there, I went past the Muni lot. Yeah. It was packed. People was outside when it was time to come in. I was in the cardiac club during the pregame, yeah. packed. Yeah. And I'm like, the cardiac club ain't never really packed like this, but it was packed. You could feel the energy. I love the LED light show. Yeah, that was Man, awesome. Announcements, when they did player announcements, the place went wild. Nick Chubb came out there, broke the guitar. The, the place Batman mask. With the <laughs> Batman mask. It was it was an electric atmosphere. It was everything that we thought it was going to be, and then some. You know, McNuggets asked me, he was like, how did it compare to, like, a college atmosphere to you? And I said, to be honest with you, I thought it was better last night. I've been in some college atmospheres, but I thought last night was better because it meant more. It was passion because it's a team that, you know, obviously has, hasn't been on the high ends of football. So you've seen this city come out, and they finally believe in a team, that, and they've seen the resiliency of a team. And it was just so much barking going on. It was it was great, man. I had chills. I had chills. That place literally was shaking last night. Jason, I know you're in the press box. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I text you guys. It's electric yeah. in here. You yeah. can feel it in the press box. I agree with you. I thought the Browns have botched some game ops situations before. I thought they nailed it last night with the night game with the LED lights. It was really cool. Yeah. The fireworks at the right times. 
Uh, the crowd was just jacked from the start. Mm-hmm. They got there early. A lot of times at the 1 o'clock kickoffs, fans are late coming over. Yeah. Everybody was in their seat. Everybody yep. was in their seat at 8 o'clock. Yeah. That place was full before kickoff. It erupted. I think we kind of knew it was going to be Nick Chubb, I think, right? Like, if we had yeah, to place we, we back, were all guessing it was that kind of probably yeah. going to be Nick. Yeah. I think the whole thing is silly and overblown, the whole guitar smash. But, but for, people love it. But for him to do it, <laughs> for it to be him last night He yeah, did it, he did it the right way. He, he took did the, a great took job. took the goggles. He looked at it. Threw the goggles. Pulled the Batman mask. <laughs> did they show that? Did they show all <laughs> yes. that? Okay, I don't know if the, if the broadcast showed it, was, it all or not. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't there. I'm watching it at home. Uh, a, a fan of the show... Man, I can't remember who it was now. Jeez, I'm so sorry. Uh, Jeffrey Kovach, that's his name, invited me to the game. And I'm like, no, I got to do the podcast. I got stuff I got to do. As really? Over. I, it, but the, I kind of wanted to go, but because of what, you know, I, I, you know, I need to say, I, I, I like to be there and watch the replays and yeah. all that stuff. But watching it on TV, it was just, I mean, it sounded so loud. It sounded crazy. The sound of the people Banging the metal every time this third mm-hmm. down. Oh, it's the chairs. They were right outside the press I mean, box. That, <laughs> that, that was just incredible. All and night long, right outside the press box. It, it, it came off great. The city came off great. The celebration and everybody was crapping all over the Browns early in the season because of Deshaun Watson and whatever. And now, like, the Browns are the talk of football. And they're the best story in the league. It is no doubt about it. I mean, you can make a very strong case for coach of the year, defensive player of the year, and comeback player of the year. I was talking to a few of the New York writers yeah. before the game and everything, and they were all, they're like, it's got to be Kevin. There's nobody else. So that kind of like, that surprised me a little bit that, of course it should be. Yeah. But we're, be, we're yeah. in it. So yeah, right. Of course, right. We're it's, yeah. But it's always, the only person that got the, the, the national narrative is the Dan Campbell story because they, but they were supposed to be good, but they won their division in 30 years. It's the first time in 30 I hear years, you, but last year, did they even make the playoffs last year? No, no. See, that's, and that's right there. That's right, the but, only person that I'm like on a but, national level. Tyvis, that's the only person I, I can see. He sh- should certainly be in consideration. He's done a really good job, but a lot of people picked the lions to win the division. I agree with you. Nobody outside of Cleveland picked the Browns to win the division. Nobody. Especially with and they're, not, yes. well, they're not going, they're not going to, but, but <laughs> what the, there's just but the story, just the, injuries, the injuries, yeah, everything is still being and getting 11 wins. Like it's, it's a slam dunk, but I'm just telling you, you never know it, to us. It's a slam. I actually dunk. think Harbaugh deserves some serious consideration because nobody was picking the Ravens at the beginning of the year and they've been the best team in football, yeah. but What's the fans he has had to overcome this year? Nobody, I don't think no. It's just been remarkable. I just still believe that if you play, you could take any coach in the NFL and plug him into Kevin Stefanski's shoes and give him those same obstacles, there's no way he went in no 11 way. games. There's that's no what, way. A lot Not of the, many. A lot of the Jets writers I was talking to last yeah. night were killing Robert Saleh and saying they yeah. still – they use – Losing Brees Hall last year is an excuse. So, well, we lost Brees Hall. Yeah. What were we supposed to do? And they're like, look at Cleveland. What do you mean what are you supposed to do? They lost everybody in their still I'll tell you, Kevin Stefanski has put a lot of coaches on the hot seat. <laughs> oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, look at yes. this guy with yes. the Cleveland Browns. This They've got a thousand injuries. They have it's... a corpse at quarterback, <laughs> and he's throwing for 300 yards and he can a game. Move. Who knew Joe Flacco could move? Did you see look the mobility? I know. Oh, my. He no. got punched in the face by Quinton Williams, <laughs> and he just was like, yeah. Be gone with you. Unbelievable. On the Mike, touchdown ahead, pass man. to Jerome Ford. That was incredible. It was crazy. We'll talk Flacco in one sec. I want to yeah. add one more thing to the atmosphere last night, then we'll move on. But yeah. You guys know I live downtown. I could hear the stadium from my apartment. When they started hitting the chairs or the trash cans, whatever that was, Yeah, I thought it was so loud, and I live about half a mile away. I thought the train was going by. <laughs> I literally I was like, the train doesn't run this late. What the hell's going on? Yeah. And then the next third down, it happened again. Then I put two and two together. Yeah. I wasn't there. 
I went out afterwards. I, I don't have words to describe how cool Cleveland is when the Browns are good. It takes a city from being amazing to maybe one of the best cities in yeah. the entire and country. And we've never really and we, seen And I haven't it. had a chance to experience this. And I'm not no. sure if anyone else has who is around my age, too. This no. level of Browns football outside of COVID in an era where right. you could fully enjoy it to the caliber we can. Yeah, we've never had – because the only time the Browns have gone to the playoffs in the last 20 years is with COVID, yeah. there's no experience you know, like I've this. I've mentioned this before, and but I think it's really important to repeat. The Browns lost a generation of fans because they were just – they couldn't put their shoes on the right feet for 20 years. Yeah. My oldest son, like, laughs at the Browns. He thinks they're a joke because that's the era that he grew up in, and all of his friends think they're a joke. Now I, I got we got AJ with us today, and he's in a Miles Garrett Miles Garrett jersey. Miles Garrett's his favorite player, and he yeah. he loves the Browns. And this is important to save, you know, the people that love the Browns that, that were truly like lived and died with the Browns were from the seventies and the eighties, and they were the, the the good teams in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And it's an older generation; they were losing the younger fans. I absolutely believe that, and you need this. You need playoff friends like this That's to right. bring the generations back. Otherwise, I don't know where this thing was going right. to go. So it's 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 significant just to Huge. just to have this for the city again. Again, watching the players circle the stadium, it felt like I felt like I was a kid mm-hmm. again in the '80s, watching yeah. the, that bond between the players and their fans. And that's it, the only time this franchise has had stability, and hopefully that'll happen with extensions for Stefanski and Barry this offseason. Go ahead, Mike. You know it was a successful game, too, when my inbox gets absolutely flooded with winning FanDuel tickets. I got more winning mm. FanDuel tickets last night than I have. After any individual game in the history of this show, and we got two today we're going to showcase. But first, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Derek Waldmiller is our first winning ticket submitter. He bet $1 on this same game parlay. I'll tell you what the cash out is in a sec. Elijah Moore, anytime touchdown. Cleveland defense, anytime touchdown. Kareem Hunt, anytime touchdown. Flacco, overpassing yards. Moore, over-receiving yards. Njoku, over-receiving yards. Brees Hall, over-receptions. Njoku, over-receptions. Two or more touchdowns for Flacco. Two and a half receptions for Elijah Moore. A $1 wager. How about $570.88? Ooh. $1 to $570.88. Derek Waldmiller with a massive win on FanDuel That's last night. Awesome. If you have winning tickets, send them in. But Derek Waldmiller, our first FanDuel ticket winner of the day. Let's talk about Joe Flacco, though, guys, because he continues to just amaze us, rewrite record books, first quarterback in NFL history with five games in a row of 250 yards and five touchdowns with a new team. I'm running out of words to describe his performance. Jason called him LeBron James-esque, where you just shrug and say, eh, I guess he did it. And I don't know how to describe it any better than that. I I talked about the screenplay for The Natural, too. I mean, that's – it's – the story – like, if if we – if I had suggested this story to you before the season – you would have, that's ridiculous. Oh, of course, nobody would ever believe that. Yeah. That's that you can't even. That's not even fiction. Doesn't make any sense. I I don't throw that LeBron thing around lightly. By the way, like I I'm well no. aware of what I'm saying when yeah. I'm talking about one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But I spent every day with the guy for four years, and there was multiple nights where he would do something where you just sort of shake your head and shrug, like it's our job to put into words what it is we see and what's happening. 
And there were nights where you just go, I can't believe I just saw that. That's that's where we're at with this. This story is so remarkable and bonkers. I'm not calling Joe Flacco one of the greatest football players ever. I'm saying what he's doing has reached the level of the inexplainable. And you can't. There, I I was walking around the locker room last night asking players, explain to me like I'm a third grader how this is happening because I don't understand. And the players look at me and go, like, oh no, no nobody has a logical explanation for how this is happening. And it was funny because I was joking with him. You know, I've joked on the show before about he's going to get drug tested. He's going to get drug tested. So I asked him last night. And when he was done with all the media, he was done with Amazon. He was done with all that. He was at his locker by himself. I was like, hey, I got to know. When Jake Browning had that 300-yard game for the Bengals, he put on Instagram that he was drug tested. Has the NFL drug tested you yet? And he cracked up. He thought it was hilarious. (laughs) And he said, long story short, you know this. You take the within the first week of training camp, you take your street drug test yep. and the PED test. Yep. When you aren't in camp, because he was at home, he wasn't with anyone, right. you do it immediately when you sign. So mm-hmm. he said, Yes, they did PED test him the day he signed with the Browns, but he said, I'm I'm sure it's coming again. Like, oh, yeah. It's random, right. but it's really not right random. After that game, probably yeah. after. When you throw for 300 <laughs> yards in four straight games for the first time in your career, when you're now 59 yards behind Johnny Manziel on the Browns' all-time <laughs> passing list, <laughs> yeah. when you're one touchdown away from equaling Deshaun Watson on the Browns' career touchdown list, and you've been here six weeks, you're peeing in a cup. That's the way it goes. You're peeing in a cup. He's been here six weeks. He's played only. He's played five. Five games. games. He's played five. He's games. been in a Browns uniform for six weeks. I mean, this is. He's played five games. This is absurd. Well, I tell he you. has as many touchdowns as Kenny Pickett does in his two years. That career. blows my mind. <laughs> I, I had to go look that up because Passing I didn't think that was yeah. true. That's unbelievable, Kenny Pickett. You need to step it up. But I tell you what, I need to. I need to say this yeah. because I got a bunch of mentions on Twitter about this last week, or not last week, just earlier this earlier week. Earlier this yeah. week all I said was I needed to see Joe do it against better pass and defense because it was a 29, 27, and yeah. 25th. And last night, the Jets was ranked second, and he still was able to And he up. didn't have Amari and Cooper. And he didn't Cooper. have Amari Cooper. He still managed to get it done. So I am wacko for Flacco. He definitely <laughs> proved the point that I needed to see. He has my total confidence moving forward. I am a true believer in Joe Flacco and taking this team all the way. It's just something about him and Kevin Stefanski. I said it on the postgame show for the past two weeks. You know, sometimes you get with, a, with an offensive mind, and it's just like, peanut butter and jelly. Y'all just go great together. And mm-hmm. it just seems to me Kevin Stefanski and Joe Flacco is peanut butter and jelly. They just, it just works with them yeah. too. They never knew each other before this. I asked Joe that. I'm like, do you yeah. have any relationship with him at all? He goes, no. Like, and, and like everyone makes a big, big deal about the Kubiak connection and okay, fine. Yeah. Well, Joe was with Gary Kubiak for one year mm-hmm. and Kubiak was with uh, Kevin in Minnesota for one year. So, so it's, it's not, not like, like there's yeah. a long history. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit uh, the the Browns uh, tight ends coach was Joe's quarterbacks coach in Denver. Their one year in Denver, so there's oh, a little yeah, bit of familiarity. Yeah, he was with me and Sam Fran. Yeah, so there's <laughs> a little bit of familiarity there, right. but not a, like it was one year. Right. And so for you're right for these guys to speak the same language to see it the same way they don't have a deep history together. It's it's the best story in the NFL. I keep saying it over and over because there's no other way to say it. Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have done a magnificent job of building this team, of building this culture. We were texting with Aditi. We were on a group chat, and Aditi's like, I hope people appreciate what is happening. I think they do. better. It's unbelievable. The the biggest difference between, I think, this year and last year, outside of the defensive line, has been the culture. 
And I and when you go get a guy, and I I, I credit it to Jim Swartz. I think Jim Swartz started it. That was to me was the the first thing that they were trying to get the culture to change. You know Jim Swartz. You know what he's about. You know what he brings. You know his history. You know what he does with defenses. So they went out and got a guy because a lot of people don't know this, but when you're an offensive-minded coach, you really don't know too much about defense. Like I said, I've been around a lot of great offensive play callers. They don't really know. Defense is not their thing. I, that's why you go get somebody that can handle it. You don't have to worry about them fixing it. They can handle it themselves. Well, Kyle Shanahan's not even on the headset. At saying. all. At all. On one of the 49ers defense is on the Kyle, field. Listen, he's not even on the I'd headset. I've been around Kyle. He's never been on the defense. Um, Ryan Day at Ohio State, he don't really deal with the defense. Like, some of these play callers just don't. That's not their world. So, you go get somebody that you know can get it done, that can yeah. handle checks and adjustments. And that's what they did with Jim Schwartz. Last year, Kevin Stefanski had to – everybody was mad at him for, like, having the play sheet in front of his face. He needs to be – get the pulse of the team. Well, I think at a certain point of that season, he tried to do that. He had to – I got to worry about the defense now. I got to worry about special teams now. And right. I think – and I still got to keep up with offense. So, I think to take some stuff off his plate, let's go get us a defensive guy that can handle it. So, the Jim Schwartz thing was yeah. the first thing. After the Jim Schwartz thing, next thing you need to do is get some players that have great foundation, that's been to the Super Bowl or that's been on winning cultures so you could come and change the culture. You go get Juan Thornhill, a guy who's won the Super Bowl two times. You go get Zadarius Smith. You go get Dalvin Tomlinson, these guys that's got some playoff experience. And they've brought that – that winning attitude over here. And these players have done a great job of adapting to it. Yeah. The Browns have gone from, for the past decade plus, of being one of the softest teams. Yeah. Just having a total loser mentality in that locker room to the complete opposite. Yeah. One thing I'll add to what you said, you can't just fire everybody at the first sign of trouble. That's how you wind up with 20 years of, That's right. of incompetence. They hung in there. We don't give the Haslam's credit very often because they don't deserve a lot of credit as far as I'm concerned. But in this instance, they do because they hung in there. And a lot of people were upset with how last year went. A lot of people wanted everybody fired last year. And you had to hang in there. You had to stick with it. You have to give people the chance to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Andrew Berry did not have a very good offseason the year prior. They, with the defensive tackles they brought in, they were a wreck. Andrew Berry hit every move this offseason. Every single free agent they brought in has been a hit. Every undrafted free agent they brought in has, has hit. They, they learned for that they didn't do right the first time, and they fixed it. Kevin didn't always hit all the right buttons last year and the year before. There was a lot going on, in case you didn't notice. There was a lot going on with the organization, with Deshaun and everything else. They gave them an opportunity to learn from that, and now you reap the benefits of that, and now you see yeah. the results. Well, you can't just cut and run every time something goes bad. What a disaster it would have been had they fired those guys. Oh. The but look, we'll get more on this later, but let's get back to Joe Flacco here. I, I, I want to ask you this, Tyvis, as someone who's played in the NFL, mm-hmm. it, how, how do you explain it as a player? I mean, you're, you're not that long out of the league, mm-hmm. or have you spoken to any other players on other teams or Richard Sherman, who was there last night? Like, how is, how are the guys in the game? How are guys that played? Like, you know how hard this is Yeah. for him to do this. Like he hasn't played anywhere close to this level in a decade, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I think it's really Kevin Stefanski's doing a really good job of realizing what Joe Flacco's strength is. When we had Joe Flacco's college coach on, he said the best thing about Joe Flacco is he's not afraid to fail. That's what he said. He, he is right. fearless. That's clear. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? When you get into a new system and you get around new players, you so desperately want – 
to win them over. You want to win the team over. And you play timid. You're scared to do certain things. Joe Flacco from day one has come in and let that ball fly and if let the, let the best thing happen. And ever since he's done that, I think for the first time, when you hear like Amari Cooper talk after the game, you know, about, about Joe Flacco, he's like, yeah, man, this, we just kind of see it the same way, you know, and this guy does a great job of delivering the ball. He makes throws that some, not a lot of quarterbacks that I've played with been able to make. Yeah. So now it's got confidence in the rest of their guys. It's like, if I get an open, even a little bit, yeah. he can fit it through yeah. there, and I'm going to do it. Like the David Njoku pass yesterday. That was an unbelievable Unbelievable. And, yeah. and it's it's crazy because David Njoku just two weeks ago couldn't catch a pass. <laughs> like he was dropping everything, and now he's catching balls that shouldn't even be caught. So he's brought confidence in the rest of these guys. They know if I get open, I'm he's going to get me the ball. If, I, if I'm the right read, if I do the right thing, the ball's going yeah. to find me. So these guys are going out there playing hard. And for Joe, it's just about, listen, this is this. Let's be realistic. Joe walked into this like, I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have at this. It. This could possibly be my money. last thing. Yeah, so why not? Let the chips fly. Let them fly. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and throw it and just do the best I can. And Jay- it's just been succeeding. Jason, we're always Browns fans and, and the Browns organization have been looking for a quarterback forever. I know. Since Bernie, honestly that would make the guys around him better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you could argue whether Derek Anderson did that for a year. You could argue whether Baker did that. I would say no. I, not that they didn't play well, Derek Anderson, that one year, or, or Baker in 2020. Deshaun Watson certainly hasn't done that in his brief time here. Joe Flacco is making everybody better because, as Tyva said, he has built confidence on the whole team. And he commands the huddle. He walked in as a leader from day one. And I'm not comparing him to anybody else. Don't make this into a... You're saying Deshaun's not. This has nothing to do with Deshaun. This has to do with a guy who came in off the street, who was laying on his couch watching TV, and the next day he's starting quarterback. And he commanded the huddle immediately. And I won't use names, but he gets on guys. And if they don't run the right, right, run the right route, oh. he is on these receivers. You saw it yesterday. He's chewing them Tillman. out. Oh, he chewed Tillman out. Yeah. But to be fair in that category as well, as a, as a former player, that guy did win the Super Bowl and MVP. Sure. So right. if he says it, of course it's yeah. gonna hold weight. Like if you but some coming, guys might not do that but, coming but in, right? No, coming in like on day one is it supposed to not, be? That I'm way? T- I'm I'm not talking about his leadership. I'm talking yeah. about the people that's following him and hearing what he said, how he right, can right. get the command yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. As a former player, if if Richard Sherman, if I'm in the huddle with Richard Sherman and he comes in and say, hey, hey, we need to lock in, we need to do this, yeah. it's going to hold a little bit more weight sure. rather than if somebody that didn't win a championship, right? right? So I gotcha. right yeah. there from that, that he was the perfect quarterback to come into this system. Because, again, I just told you, how do you change culture? You, you get the new coaches in there. You get guys that's been to places where you want the rest of your team to go because yeah. people will listen to those guys because they've been there. So he him coming into this offense – I don't know if anybody else got any Super Bowl experience besides him, right, on the offense? On the offense? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Right. So, everybody's going to listen to him when he comes in. Whatever he says, let's lock in because this guy has already been to where we want to go. And we want to get there. He knows how to take us there. So, it holds weight with what he's saying. That's why for day one, he was going to get the respect that he deserved because he's already been a Super Bowl champion. Yeah quickly scanning through the whole I know I was sitting there thinking like I don't know I gotta tell this real quick Uh, I wrote about it last night but when he came in when they signed him so again there was no real real relationship with Kevin and AB and and Joe they were just 
they the way it was explained to me was they literally just sort of scanned the name of free agents that street free agents that were out there felt like he was the best one brought him in for a workout he really impressed them with the workout the the friday workout i think it was they didn't work out anybody else they brought him in paired him up with a bunch of street free agent receivers he'd never thrown to before they could see right away the arm strength was still there so then remember they signed him on monday going into denver week he's running scout team and Brown's defense is terrific. So he's a scout team quarterback. Yeah. And all of a sudden, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown mm-hmm. against this Brown's defense. Literally with the, with, just off the street. With the scout team, <laughs> Flacco, and I was asking different guys. I got yeah. the number. It was five touchdowns. It was six touch. It was seven. Yeah. It was eight touchdowns. Every drive, scout team, boom, boom, boom. They're scoring. And these guys started looking around like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. so, so they bought in when he was on scout team yeah. that just those few days, they still, they thought it was going to be Dorian. Dorian was going to be the guy. Yeah. Dorian goes down with a concussion and everybody in that room was like, all right, that's fine. We got this old man over here <laughs> yeah. who's just ripping darts across the it's, field. That's, that's actually funny because that's what happened uh, when I was in college at Ohio State. JT did that to us at a bowl practice. Scout team? Scout team. Yeah. Came out there with bang. Bang. I was like, he was, he was like literally on the day of practice, 18 for 19, five touchdowns on, on, on scout Man. team. I was yeah. like, yeah, that dude, that dude. All right. Right <laughs> but, there. But uh, he wasn't 38 about to turn. No, that's true. That's weeks. true. No, he was only a, he yeah. was a freshman at the Hopefully time. Hopefully Joe Flacco will still be playing when he turns 39 on January, whatever it is. Sixth, I believe. No, fifth. No, I fifth. think it's like the 16th. Is it? I'll look, I'll look it up in a second. Give me the fifth. Well, the 16th, they only have to win one. Uh, go ahead. Real quick, one more Flacco stat, then we'll talk a little defense. bit about defense. But he is now one of just one, two, three, four quarterbacks ever to throw for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns in any given calendar month. Joining Jim Kelly from 1991, Peyton Manning, who did it three times, 2013, 2014, 2018, and Patrick Mahomes in 2018. No, Ma- Manning twice, it says there. Sorry, Manning t- I saw the PM. Bad job out of me. Yeah, that's, uh, Four quarterbacks to ever throw. A lot of Hall of Famers. Manny yeah. threw for 1,700 yards yes. and 19 Look at this down. list. 38-year-old Joe Flacco Sheesh. is on the same list with Mahomes, yeah. Manning, and Jim Kelly. It is and frankly absurd. And only Manning's absurd. done it in December. The most impressive might absurd. actually be Jim Kelly doing <laughs> it in 1991. <laughs> nobody was throwing the ball like yeah, that. Yeah, they had a great – I mean, they, he had Andre Reid there. He was the original yeah. machine gun Kelly, by the yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy, though, Joe Flacco. Yeah. As Jason said, you run out of words to describe it, but sit back, enjoy it's it, crazy. because it has been it, magical. We're going to talk a little defense here, Bull, but first, one more read from yeah. our friends at FanDuel, because even as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, let's get to the defense here. I just want to say one last thing on Flacco is um, <laughs> you can't bet against him at this point. No. For anything. No. There's, it feels like, as you said before with LeBron, there's just nothing he can't do at the moment. And hopefully this crazy, uh, Im- um, beyond improbable run. Well, I'm going to tell you continue. why it's hard to yeah. bet against him because obviously – uh, even though he's having these magnificent games, we've seen a game over this run where he struggled. The Chicago game yeah. where he had the, the three turnovers. Yeah, yeah. But he still 
second half, turned well, it, it around and yeah. won the game. It's so it's it's so hard to bet against them. Yeah, right you now. can't. All right, let's go to the defense, guys. Uh, Jets, Browns obviously got the ball, marched right down the field, scored, went up seven nothing. We weren't totally shocked by that, obviously. But then, and, and of, of course, the Browns lost the toss. They seem to lose the coin toss every week. <laughs> Maybe that's good luck. Uh, but what was shocking is the Jets got the ball and they marched right down the field. The Browns defense, for one of the rare times this year, looked awful on that first drive. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, and not surprisingly, that was about it. The Jets didn't do that much. I think they had about 200 more yards. To, they ended up with, uh, with 360 yards allowed. Some of that in garbage, a lot of that in garbage time at the end of the game, last couple of drives, uh, you know, but, um, but pretty much, uh, you know, obviously their other touchdown was that weird pick six, mm-hmm. which was, I don't know, it wasn't a good th- throw by no, Flacco. It was, it was a nice play. play. It, it was a great play. I thought it was a phenomenal play. I mean, he got him up in the air and then he, and he still tipped yeah. And he still got it. Yeah. What are you going to do? But that was it. I mean, they scored a, they got one field goal right before the half and then they got a field goal at garbage time. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense outside of the first drive, yeah, the first was outstanding. The, the first drive on defensively, it was kind of surprising. I guess this is the thing: every team got their first fifteen scripted plays. Okay, yeah. So you come out there, and as a as a defense, your job is you're playing your base thing because you you have to figure out how is this offensive coordinator going to attack our scheme. So you really want to try to withstand that first those first couple of drives to get through the first fifteen. Yeah. After that, you kind of see, all right, this is where they're scheming us at. We need to make some adjustments, and we'll stop everything. So that first play or that first drive, Brees Hall obviously was a huge – he was huge in that drive. He was he ran the ball well. He's and, a really good player. And then they knew that the Browns played man-to-man, and they came out with the five wide. Brees Hall went – ran an underneath route, got picked off, and that's how he ran in for the end zone. So it was just the, uh, them understanding what the Browns was going to do. The Browns realized how they were going to attack, and they made some adjustments, and they, they kind of nipped the rest of that in the bud. I was on, the only shocking part is you know, going into that game, you knew Brees Hall was literally their offense. So I thought that there should have been a, a premium on making sure that 20 don't stop us. Anybody else, we, we'll, we'll, we'll live with that. But Brees Hall can't be the one to stop us. And I think they kind of got to that point after that drive. But I would have opened the game up with that mindset. You know what's funny is that um, on that drive, they had a long completion to Garrett Wilson – against Emerson down the sideline. Yeah. It was like the second, maybe the first pass that Simeon threw. Mm-hmm. And then it was. I, I think the only other pass he threw more than five yards down the field was the one that got returned for the pick six. Everything else after that was was a screen pass, basically, or, you know, a two-yard. I mean, it was he because the Browns, Miles Garrett felt like was in the back. I can't, he did break his, uh, his sack drought, he got a sack. Yeah. But it felt like he could have had seven in this game. He was in the backfield well, the whole game. That's coming into this game. You knew that. First of all, you know the Browns' D line is legit, yeah. and you know the Jets' offensive line is not that great. So you knew it was going to yeah. be a bunch of quick game, yeah. and it was going to have to be screens. That's the only way you can offset right. if your offensive line can't protect you. You got to get the ball, get rid of the ball quick, or you got to run a screen game. And the Browns did a really good job of adjusting to that, and yeah. that's when the coverage got tighter, and right. now you can't really make those quick passes. You know what was interesting to me is. Ronnie Hickman played so well in Juan Thornhill's absence. They can't get him off the field. Now. No, he yeah. was still playing. Like yeah, he, he had the pick think, six last. Like yeah. they went back to the three. I think he now. had sixty percent of the snaps. 
I think I didn't look at the snap percent. count. I, I saw it earlier. It was like 50-something or 60. I mean, he did, he played a lot, and he played great. Uh, Sione Taki-Taki. He did. He had like 16 tackles. Did he? Something like that. My he boy, had 16 tackles. Steve, take 97. Was it 16? Please. Yeah, 97. Uh, he was all 16, over the 97. place. <laughs> And, uh, I mean... I knew he played well. I didn't realize he had 16 I didn't know he had 16 tackles. tackles. Had 16 tackles. <laughs> JOK had 11 tackles. Yeah. They were... I mean, the Jets, like like you mentioned, ran a ton of screen passes. Yeah. A ton of underneath throws. They they tried to run the ball with minimal success outside of a couple of Brees Hall runs. But defensively, this is three games in a row. You go back to Chicago. Yeah. Didn't really allow a touchdown in Chicago. The only two touchdowns Chicago scored were on a pick six. Yeah. And on a, a gift-wrapped one-yard touchdown against Houston. No touchdowns till garbage time. Their only real points before garbage time was the kick return touchdown. And outside of the opening drive last night, they completely held the Jets in check. Six other points and three of them – well, six other offensive points and three of them were in garbage time. You know what I – but the thing I yeah. did like about Ronnie Hickman is they figured out that Garrett Wilson was the only, was the only weapon that they had. So right. they kept putting Hickman on the side of Garrett Wilson and he was being like a – uh, over the top safety, right? And he was robbing the, the inward breaking routes, which was really good. Go Bucks, by the way. And uh, yeah, the, the, what I like about him is at Ohio State, he was used as like an adjuster, as a j- adjuster safety, meaning he could play, he could be in the box, he could be in the post. Like he had a bunch of responsibilities, and it really showed his versatility with the Cleveland Browns because yeah. now this is a guy that you could play in the box, but you could also yeah. put him in the post. He could do everything, which is very hard to do at safety, being able to do both. How did this guy go on? The I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. I, 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 mean, I, I don't think he tested well because at Ohio State, he was really good. Yeah. He, he kind of reminded me a lot of myself. He made big plays. I just I think he must have not tested well. He was a leader. You'd think being an Ohio State guy and playing well at Ohio State would like count for something. I, I went undrafted. But, well, that, you, you, <laughs> that's how you this guy's a player. And even uh, throwing a blank of his, uh, who's the veteran safety that played last night too? Anthony Deron Harmon. Deron, Deron Harmon, he yeah. made some plays too. Mm-hmm. And everybody that plays on that defense contributes. Well, Jim Schwartz does a great job of yeah. Maybe. Alex Wright's playing playing really he well. Had a, he had a sack. Three sacks yeah. now in the last three games. Yeah. He's playing really strong. well. I, they, they are they're protect. Did you know? I'm sure you noticed. They're protecting Denzel still. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's, he play. he's not playing a lot of no, snaps. Yeah. He's only in on passing downs. Yep. Right. And so you're. I'm a little bit concerned about that. I, I mean, I, he's got a couple more well, weeks. I think his I think his shoulder is not. Oh, it's sure. obviously yeah, not, but he wants to be out there for yeah. the, to well, get his rhythm. But he, he did throw it. He did. He like, threw it. Yeah, he, that at the, one. At the, at the, it was line. like the goal line. Yep. He did. Yep. Yeah. I think so maybe that was, that was his test. Like I thought that see. was a good sign that he at least lowered his yeah. shoulder and got into Brees a little bit yeah. on that on that touchdown. And that fourth down stop when when Simeon tried the quarterback sneak. That was was that Elliott that did that. It was Elliott that made that play, yeah. and he's played well. Which is and that funny, was like, that took the last of the life out of the Jets, that play. Which is funny because G. Bush was over Elliott, and he's come yeah. back and had a We've good We've all season. come back around. I, I asked this question on the postgame show. I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. Despite all the injuries to this Browns defense, there has never been a catastrophic drop-off from a starter down. Now, the only time you can make the case was when Denzel Ward went out against Denver and St. Louis, or against the Rams. Yeah, that was a big deal. LA. But – they didn't get torched in the passing game. Well, the, the, it felt worse than the numbers actually indicated. Let's but be outside- fair, Mike. Let's be fair. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. The the defense hasn't been destroyed by injuries like the offense has. True. No, that's fair. But like they still yeah. have lost Delpit for an extended period of time, and you have guys who came in just like Ronnie Hickman, who you mentioned, yeah. Harmon. You lose Ogba on the outside, and Alex Wright now has three sacks in three games. You lose Anthony Walker. Taki Taki yeah. comes in and has 16 tackles. 
and yeah, Denzel Ward against Denver and the yeah. Rams was an issue. I'm not saying it wasn't, but yeah, but did, even there really hasn't been like a noticeable drop none. off, even though in most of these situations, even though Denzel right. went out though. You got it was some positive light that came out of that. You found out about Cam Mitchell. I mean, that guy G knew had to slide out outside, right. which every before then we was like, oh, G knew can't play outside, and he actually right. started getting picks. His from game out has there. gotten better. Yeah, so. Mike's right. I, they definitely listen. They've been devastated by injuries on the offense. Yes, on defense they've had a, a normal amount. They've of lost injuries. some. Key, they've but lost, but everybody loses some guys. They've lost. Some key guys, but not the guy. No, that's the difference. Right. They and lost even, some guys, but not the guy. Right. Miles Garrett was li- has been a little limited by, his, but I don't, I feel like the injury is not affecting him as much anymore. Not anymore. And you know, Ward still got, he's still got a little ways to go, as yeah, you said. Yeah. Hopefully, by the playoffs, he'll be closer to one hundred percent. So they've been a little limited, but yeah, I mean, they haven't been, they haven't been destroyed. Like the, the Browns' injuries on offense are just. Absurd. Yeah, they no, they've lost crazy. every good guy that they've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At but, some point this season. But I mean the defense after that first drive played as they always do, outstanding football. And the way Flacco is playing and the way the defense is playing, there's no reason they can't beat any team in the NFL. As long as our kicker makes the kicks. Which yeah. after he missed that first kick out that ex I wasn't I wasn't really down like that because D Hop yeah. missed extra points. Too. By the way, uh I I Everybody, what when they went for it after he misses the extra point, and then the Browns get the ball back mm-hmm. after the turnover, oh, after it, the fumble. I said, tells uh, you everything kick. you need to know. Well, I I don't know that he. No, Kevin. Kevin he, addressed. He likes it. going for it. On, he, he addressed it after what, the game. Yeah, what did he, I didn't he hear said, that. What, what he said, said was, they asked him, did, did you not go? Did you not kick the field goal because you were worried that he wouldn't make it because he missed the first? He said no. He said the reason that he went for it is because he liked the situation. If they didn't get the, he, he said he liked his play call. He yeah. said if I didn't know, if I didn't wasn't hundred percent confident in my play call, I would have kicked the field yeah. goal. But I liked the play call that I had called. I thought it would work, and I was okay with our defense. Because at worst case, we'll get the ball back at the 50. That's that's it. First that's of all, now let's be honest. If he didn't trust Riley Patterson, he wouldn't have, he's not going to admit that. But he has said that before. But I believe that yeah. because that's what people always forget. Like, take the points. Take the points. I hate take the points. Well, people. the reason I wanted the points is because yeah. it was still only a six-point game. I was take – I'm normally not. I yeah. was take the points Take the guy. points. I had no problem. Make it a two-possession game. Coming out, it was a big momentum swing. You get yeah. the turnover. you got to get something out of that turnover. I hear you. I had no problem with it because – when you're playing a bad offensive team as the Jets are, to put them in that situation when they start inside the 10, it puts you in a I good mean, spot. That's, it, either I, way. I, I don't it, mind that, even it, if it doesn't work. I, it, I think the downside's very low. With it that became the Hickman pick six, right? Because yes. On, mm-hmm. When that's they didn't right. convert, and then the Jets got the ball back, and Hickman picked it anyway. Right. So it worked out. But I, did, I didn't like it at the time. Normally, I'm with you. Go yeah. for it. I wanted the points there just because you want to keep the momentum. But he has answered that that way before. Yes. Sometimes he'll say – I, I love the play call we have. And there's other times where he said, I didn't like what we had. I didn't like the right. play call. So I, I believe that answer. But it's always funny to me. Well, if you don't like a play call, why is it on the sheet? Like, I've never or, understood yeah, that, that part. Weird. Maybe in that situation, <laughs> no, maybe, you didn't like it. Maybe you, you thought it would work. But when you got into the game, maybe that guy was balling. Yeah. He was like, I don't really want to attack that maybe guy. By the way, that, yeah. scene, that fourth down throw, that was the play where, where uh, Flacco yelled at, uh, at Tillman. Tillman. Yeah. He was uh, pissed off after that. One more name that we have to give some kudos to, and I want to throw it back. When the Browns played the 49ers in week six, I was like, how do you figure out how to stop Brock Purdy? And I was like, well, he throws a lot of tip passes. And I mentioned Shelby Harris is a guy 
who gets his hand up. He led the Browns yeah. in tip passes, and it was only two at that time. But I was like, this guy throughout his career has been really good. Oh, I told you that. Another blocked kick. Yeah. Another batted pass. He's third in the NFL in batted passes yeah, yeah, this yeah. season with like 300 fewer snaps than the leaders. Yeah. And once again last night, Shelby Harris proving why. He did a great job. One of the more job. underrated signings of maybe now, I think it was Harris a bad NFL. kick by Zerline. It wasn't very high. It was a little low. It was a little low. But, but uh, it was still a nice hell of a Mike, play. Mike, you're right. It's one of the most underrated signings that we don't talk about. He's been – he's one of those on-the-margins guys like Ronnie Hickman, like DeAnthony yeah. Bell. Before, like, those are rookies. This Maurice is Hurst. A little bit. Yeah. 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 But these are guys that no one really talked about. It was a one-year deal. You, he's just a, a name. Great job. Whoa, he's whoa, been whoa, phenomenal. whoa. Whoa. I talked about it. You I told right. you. I played with Shelby in Denver, and I said the one thing I liked about Shelby is I think he was either first or second on that team in PBUs as a defensive tackle, which yeah. is a very underrated stat. And even though that was, what, four years ago, he still got that skill set, and it's going to come up a lot, especially when you go against some of them smaller quarterbacks. Matching that ball and getting that hand up. Is it and just the time? Why are some guys better than others? I don't know why Shelby's so good at that. Issue? It is. He gets that pushback, and he just – Throw that hand up and get in that window. I don't know how he yeah. does it. It's really remarkable, yeah. and it's really a skill set that's really going to help him extend his career even longer because that's some of the best don't even do that. Aaron Donald yeah. might not do it to the success that Shelby does. I wonder if part of it is, you know, I mean, that's kind of hurt when that ball hits you in the hand. Not really. They got gloves no? on. Yeah, not really. That's a bear yeah. paw he's throwing yeah. up. Yeah. Right. You don't even feel uh, it. Two other special teams things real quick. I thought the punter did a great job. Yeah, yeah, he was fine. He was, yeah. he was totally fine. I got no problem there. How about the the punt where Prochet lets it roll and it barely got oh, the goal? Oh, yeah. He got lucky. I don't know there. how the Jets didn't get down there. I thought they yeah. should have been he, down he, there. I'm gonna tell you why. The dude, whoever the gunner was, he slowed down because he didn't want. I don't know why he slowed down, but he slowed down to look at it and then he tried to tap it. You yeah. got to run through that and just I mean, swipe that was at close. it. Close. Yeah. You got to dive and swipe at that thing. But yeah. he slowed down and it gave it just enough yep. time to touch I mean, the wall. Barely hit the goal line. But I mean, he great job by the Jets punter because he dropped that at like the five or the three and yeah. it spun yeah, because yeah. I've said this before the rule used to be put your heels on the 15 and anything that goes over your head you let it go that's not the rule anymore these guys are yeah. catching fair catches now inside the 10 because of exactly what we saw last yeah, night yeah, yeah good job go ahead Mike we're gonna get our next winning fan duel ticket in here because this is another doozy and if you have a winning fan duel ticket make sure you send it to us on Twitter or email it to me at mlucas2 at technet.com as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. This next winning ticket comes from Philip Wilcoxon, who had a Kareem Hunt anytime touchdown, a Cleveland defense anytime touchdown, Joe Flacco <laughs> alternate passing yards over 300, Jerome Ford over 25 rushing yards, and David Njoku over 50 receiving yards. It would have been even higher if an Amari Cooper anytime touchdown didn't get voided, but he bet $6.50. Won seven hundred and thirty-six dollars and eighty-eight cents, turning six fifty into seven thirty-seven. Shout out to Philip wow. Wilcoxon for that winning FanDuel ticket. He had a Kareem Hunt anytime rushing touchdown on there, and it hit. And guys, the running game last night was as good as we've seen in the last month. Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong, Hunt all yeah. showed signs of life. 
and a much-needed boost in that aspect. Running game was amazing. <laughs> Before we get into the details of that, make sure you run to your computer and give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. We have a record number of people watching the show right now. Thousands of people watching the show right now. We are just shy of a thousand thumbs up. Where are you? Everybody watching right now, please give us the thumbs up. Give us the like. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Guys, the running game has been non-existent for more than a month. It has been terrible. But, and you and I have been critical of this running game for a long time, Jason, but last night was one of the best performances I thought by the running game. I thought the blocking on the line was outstanding. I thought, kudos to, to Leroy. Leroy just said to us this week, Jerome Ford is has to show more patience, mm-hmm. and that will give him the ability to find the holes better. And I thought there were a couple of times last night that he was patient, mm-hmm. and he, he seemed like he had good vision. There was a lot less north, a uh, lot less east-west running. He was getting upfield. Mm-hmm. I thought he and the line, and even Pierre Strong, Kareem Hunt, great game for the running for the running game. What say you guys? Yeah, I thought Ford was, especially in the first half, I almost tweeted yeah. that. The whole offense kind of disappeared in the second half. Yeah, well, <laughs> in, in the first half, I thought Jerome was running hard. I agree. Yeah. I thought he was hitting holes that he hasn't in the past. Yeah. You know, we're talking before the game to someone who's talking about, like, the, the wide zone scheme. All you have to do is put a foot in the ground, make a cut, and go. And cut back, and it's there. Yeah. And he's not really good at that. Ford hasn't been really good at that this year. And he just, for whatever reason, last night he was running, it felt like he was running harder. He was running through no tackles doubt. more than he has before. Yep. I thought everything sort of unraveled a little bit in the second half. Uh, I think they were just trying to run the ball and get out of there, really, at that point, mm-hmm. once once Elijah went down. But the first half especially, we knew the Jets were not a good run defense. That proved to be true. Yep. We thought there would be opportunities there for those guys. There were. Ball security is still an issue. That's something you got to watch. The Browns lost the turnover battle again. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing at this matters. Point. None of the rules apply to None the apply. That is, it's like wow. It was like that show. Whose line is it anyway? The yeah. points are made up, and nothing yeah, right. matters. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Browns. It doesn't matter what happens. The Browns are gonna no. win. I thought the run game was good because I thought they. You know, we've been talking to a, a bunch of people. I can't remember if it was here or if it was on the pregame show with Joe Thomas, but it was somebody that was talking about. I was like, how, what is a, a run scheme that they can do? And they was like, they should do the, the, the pin pull, you know, pin the guys down, yeah. have the guys pull. And they did that like a few times. Very effectively. And it was so yeah. effective to have Batonio pulling or having Teller pulling. Then they came back and they were doing the thing where they put uh, Harrison Bryant in motion and then he'd be to come the lead guy going back the other way. Like, Kevin Stefanski and, and Bill Callahan, whoever's the run game coordinator, they did a really good job of finding out ways to be effective in that run game. And as long as we hold on to the, to the football, they can be effective. I thought Jerome Ford, you're right, the patience was great. He was fine. It seems that, you, that he'd been missing this entire season. And you're right, he was definitely running harder than he would yeah, because yeah. a lot of the times he get tripped up off the littlest things, but he was running through arm tackles. Yeah. And – it was really good to have him also be effective in the passing game because now you got these linebackers on a two-way go. Is he going to run it? Is he going to pass it? So you see now how effective, how even much more effective Joe Flacco in this passing attack can be if you got a run game that the teams are scared of. I thought it was the best performance by the offensive line as a whole this season. Uh, yeah. Flacco did not get sacked for the second game in a row. 
and the running game was effective. I, I thought overall they did a great job. Well, James, even even James Hudson, like there was nothing. That, your boy, James Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> did he you, my boy. Did you see? It was like, I think it was late in the game where he had the guy 10 yards down the field blocking. No, I didn't see it. You oh, didn't that was see him? that? No, I, didn't I see saw it, it, but I didn't know who it was. It was James Hudson. He well, had his dude 10 yards down the was field. Was it a run play? Yeah. yeah. I told you. <laughs> it was like the blindside me. moment where he's pushing him to the bus. Everybody I keeps said, telling me he's the best run blocking well, tackle they have on the I roster. I mean, listen, the offensive line did a tremendous job. There's no doubt. Uh, uh, both. I mean, it felt like – and the Jets have a decent defensive line. I yeah, know they, they haven't do. been good in the run game, but for the most part, they played great. Quinn and Williams made a play or two there, but for the most part – they held him in check. They mm-hmm. did a great job. And I thought Pierre Strong ran well. I know he fumbled. I thought Jerome Ford fumbled. I couldn't believe they overturned that call. I agree with you. I, it was, I it was, was bang, I bang. It was, it was bang, bang. I, I thought the ball was, was coming shocked. out before he was down. Yeah. So I, I was shocked that they overturned. And we, Everything's going the Browns way. <laughs> then Everything. We, then we <laughs> found amazing. out. Everybody, you know, uh, Pierre Strong comes in there. He runs yeah. the ball. And he's very effective. Yeah. And I'm like, he must got a fumbling problem. This is, I, did it tw- I did it twice yesterday. Yeah. I said, he must got a fumbling yeah. problem. Very next play. Boom. And, and that touchdown with Kareem Hunt where he there runs. There it is. Remember the first and goal touchdown? He found the fourth wheel. Like that. Oh, he, yeah. It was like yeah. he was one <laughs> shot out of a cannon Go back. And, can we show that play? The Kareem Hunt touchdown. If you go back and look at that, you couldn't have blocked the block. He wasn't touched. You know, it, you, it was perfectly. He blocked. had like it was three like lead blockers up yeah. the field. I, if you put a radar gun on him, that was the fastest he's run. Like yeah, he, he was, was shot out of play. a cannon. And it was on like that play. it was like they parted the, the Red Sea, <laughs> to, to, and he just flew yeah. right through it. He yeah. found a fourth. Cut that out. I mean. The it first half was as good an offense as we've seen I mean, the Browns I mean, play. How many does Kareem have on Seven, I think, or eight? Kareem Hunt on the season, if you give me one or second, nine. I'll pull it up here. He had uh, like Steve, six go in to, a row, go to 30. He? Yeah, we have five, it, uh, 30 five, five or six games in a row he had one. He has nine touchdowns this year. Nine, nine. yeah. I'm gonna, I would imagine just, he's he leading. Rece- no, total? Total nine touchdowns? That's just rushing. I would imagine he's leading the team in touchdowns. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can confirm that without even looking. He definitely leads the team in touchdowns. Yeah. He has on the season the nine rushing touchdowns, and does he have a receiving touchdown? No, he does not have no, a receiving. Nine rushing. Well, Jerome Ford had two touchdowns, and not only did Jerome Ford have a good game on the ground, he had the two catches mm-hmm. and that fifty-yard touchdown where he caught it and was oh, making yeah. guys miss. That was a great Joe play. Joe was talking about Jerome that Ford. Also, game. by the way, has nine touchdowns. He has five receiving touchdowns this year. Yeah, so they both have nine Four rushing touchdowns. Kareem has got, nine. What, six. Uh, Njoku has six. Cooper has five. Ford has five receiving, four rushing. Yeah. Kareem has nine rushing. Joe talked about that Jerome touchdown. He was saying that's that, a great play. He was saying that he was scrambling, and he said he actually had his mind made up that he was just gonna take off and get the. I thought he was gonna to, run. And he said yeah. what happened was he had <laughs> he had he was tucking the ball, and as he was running, he was, he had peeked behind him because he didn't want to get stripped. Right. And he said at that moment, he looked back and he seen Jerome and he just yeah. decided Boop. to throw it. And it was a good play. Right. Yeah. Guys, let's switch it up from the running backs. We, we got Bernie here. He's going to join us in just a few minutes. We know Bernie's excited. He's been so into this whole playoff run. So we'll have Bernie join us in a minute. But let's switch gears from the running backs to the wide receivers slash tight ends. Mm-hmm. David J- uh, Njoku had a monster first half mm. and he's got a shot. For a thousand yard season now, I think he's got eight, up to 880 yards with the last way he's played the last couple of weeks. So if he has another big game now, again, if if the Ravens win, the Browns will have nothing to play for next week. So he, he probably won't play. 
These guys, like, we could save that for later, yeah. but that's going to be – Miles is going to want to play. David Njoku is going to want to play. Well, yeah. 882. Like, that's not far-fetched for him to have his first 1,000-yard yeah, season. I think you got to do best for the team. 118 I mean, you got to these guys. Oh, a thousand. He's never had 1,000. He's never come close to 1,000. I mean, it, what a season he's having. And with Kevin's not Flacco. Kevin's not going to let them play. I, I agree. I'm not letting you, any of them play. They might want to play. Unless the Ravens lose, and then then we'll, then you go for it. I know. I'm going to tell you how I know Kevin is not going to let them yeah. play. Amari Cooper was 10 yards away at, at no, 15 yards or maybe 20, whatever it was, from the record. And yeah. he sat him down and said, no, you ain't going back in. What do you in. mean for the record? The for NFL the, For the Houston-Texans game. Until he went he back broke. in and got it. He, yeah, because they he yeah. had to put him back in, but – at that moment, he was oh, not putting oh. him back in there. And I'm like, for yeah. that record, you're not going to put him in? So, yeah, Kevin don't care about none mm. of that. Well, And this team, to be honest with you, this team don't care about that. They talk no, about it all the no, time. it's got to be about the team. Yeah, they, they don't care about personal accolades. Guys, Elijah Moore was having his first good game yeah. uh, with Noah Amari Cooper. It was all about Najoku and Elijah Moore in the first half. He got hit and his, his helmet, like the face mask, slammed the ground. It wasn't even like somebody hit him in there. It was kind of yeah. weird. But I, 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 I didn't see it, but apparently somebody was saying he was convulsing on the ground. Yeah. It was the, they it showed was, it. It was the involuntary the, hand. The spasms. It looked like So a, it was a very scary it moment. It was concussion-like yeah. so movement. I, we don't know when he's going to be back. I mean, you know, a lot of guys come back in a week or two, but this was seems pretty serious. Miss, I mean, Marquise Goodwin missed, what, a month? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so let me ask you a crazy question here. <laughs> The Browns called Jarvis Landry right now. That's funny because I thought about him as soon as he got hurt. I wrote it down as a topic for next week, but I swear to you. I literally thought about that at the game. Like, I, I would think. I mean, about you brought Joe off the, the scrap heap. Can we bring Jarvis? And Jarvis was beloved in that locker. Hey, listen, after what Kareem Hunt has given them and yeah. Joe Flacco has given I, them I'm about to say, agents. If you Listen, the one thing that Jarvis brings is a guy with some edge to him. Yeah. Okay, and – you could say Amari Cooper's a, pretty much a silent leader. He's like Amari Cooper. Yeah. I mean, not Amari Cooper. He's like Nick Chubb in that department. It, ain't, it don't hurt to get a guy that's not afraid to go across the middle of the field, take a drag, drop I mean, his shoulder, and, and get those extra yards. That, that's literally what this team yeah. embodies right now, that toughness. Yeah. Yes. And he fits that mold, so I would be okay I mean, if they go get Jarvis. Even though, he's like, even though he's like 33. How did it end with him here? It was very. It was okay. Yeah, it was amicable. I think there was, the the. He could come back. I think he could come back. What's the downside? There's no downside to bringing. I him mean, in. there's no downside to bring him in the building yeah. and working him out. And see when he's got. Let's see go. He just he just Let's had a Jarvis. workout last week or two weeks ago, didn't he? With some team. Did he? He did. I, I didn't remember him. He was in a workout like one, a week or two ago. Let's go, well, they Jarvis. Didn't they didn't they didn't join us, buddy. Well, I have a question for you guys now. Yeah. Njoku was on pace very early on to set the single-game tight end record, which right. is held by Shannon Sharp at 212. He didn't have a big second half. He had 128 of his 130. Shannon Sharp uh, commented on it on his podcast with Chad Johnson. Did you see that? Oh, did he? I did not. Yeah, no. yeah go ahead. But he had 128 yards like 40 minutes into the game yeah. and then only had 10 yards the rest of the game. But No, you said 40 minutes into the game, 10 minutes. Or, or 10 game. minutes into the game with yeah. 40 minutes to go and then only yeah. had, yes, you're right. But it got me thinking, and we look at Njoku, and especially what he's done the last couple of weeks. In the grand scheme of players that probably don't get as much attention in the big picture of the NFL as they deserve, I think Njoku's quickly climbing the ladder of guys who are looked well, but at. He's never done it before, so why would he get? Because right, I mean, right now when you look around the league, like at the best tight ends in football, I think Njoku's in the conversation. He's not one. Yeah. 
but he's in the conversation right now in that second tier. For what now? Best tight end? Yeah. Like, he belongs in the conversation with the type, top tight what end are, right now. What are yeah. You, what, what are you – yes, but I'm saying, yeah. like, who are you comparing him to? Like, all right, so give me the – I mean, you, Kelsey. The guys like Kelsey Kittle, and, and Kittle, those guys have and, done it for years. Okay. So it's not fair to put him in that group. But, yeah, you want to put him with the – But I'd say Kelsey and Kittle are going like this and well, David's Kittle, going like this. I, I actually – Kittle's having a great year. Oh, I say Kittle's not. It's Kelsey's always numbers inju- are going It's now. always <laughs> injuries with George. That yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just he stayed healthy this year. Yeah, but uh, I, I, was, I was talking to a player in the Browns locker room last yeah. night about J- Njoku just sort of laughing about yeah. what a weird career arc David's had. He came yeah. into the league. He was so young. He was yeah. like 20, 21, really, really young. And basically, the guy I was talking to is like – he was really athletic and he could catch, but yeah. he wasn't really a football player. He's become a football player. Oh, big time. He's evolved into a football and, and the Browns hung in there with him. Yeah. And we kind of laughed at the contract. They were they right. And there were other teams that I was talking to teams at the NFL owners meetings that were bitching about the Browns and the Njoku contract and how they keep screwing up the market for everybody else and da 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 And and he's he's earning every dollar. He's yeah. lived up to it. They they got it right. You and know. just to watch how he and Kevin didn't see either they brought in Austin Hooper. He, multiple times, David tried to get out of here. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. He was asking for trades. And, like, why are you bringing Austin Hooper? They draft Harrison Bryant. He's looking around going, why am I here? Now he's he is – if he's not the most important piece, because I'll still say Amari Cooper is oh, number yeah, one, yeah, yeah. he's 1A in terms of this no offense. No doubt. He's huge. And, yeah, I mean, he's playing as well as anybody at the position. Well, you know why he's doing that? Yeah. Because me and McNuggets did his brother's workout, and I understand exactly why that man do what he do. Because that workout, whoo, still got nightmares. And Joku Strong, check him out on Instagram. Is uh, does Ozzie Newsom hold the Browns' record for most receiving yards in a season with a thousand two for a tight end? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Didn't Gary Barnridge pass it? Uh, he might have. Yeah. What's the record? I, it's it's a thousand. Under 1,100, I know that. I don't know what Gary Barnage had. That is just crazy that Gary Barnage had No joke, David could have had No, Kellen that. Winslow has it, 1,106 uh, 1, yards. Oh, okay. He so could, but he could get that. If he if he would have eliminated the drops that he had in those, like, three weeks, those two or three yeah, weeks, yeah. he'd be much closer to breaking I mean, yeah. that record. If the Browns have something to play for next week, he'll have a shot. As it stands right no now, he's seventh. Like, right and, now, and he's by, seventh all time. And let me tell you this, because I know it because I watch the team. The Bengals are awful against tight ends. <laughs> awful. And he, so he could definitely have a huge game next week. Uh, but, again, we need the Ravens to lose to Miami for that game to have meaning, which is possible, but we'll see. Yeah, we're going to bring Bernie Kozar in, the legend. The legend in Bernie today is brought to us by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And before I get to Bernie, 
I asked you guys the question, is Njoku the most underrated tight end in football? And Bernie's sitting back here goes, let me get on to this topic. So, Bernie. I was coming. I was coming through the screen on that. I've taken since David got here, what was it, Jay, six, seven years ago? And as you guys. He was the youngest player in the draft that year. And being one of the youngest guys, um, not even able to drink yet, being a first-round draft pick. And a lot of people joke with me about my bias towards him because of the University of Miami. Yeah. And I knew, knew of him because of that. But his athleticism and his, his presence, and Jace, you probably see it a lot more than some of us in the locker room, is so dominant right now. And the way he's really galvanized, I believe, that locker room. And then playing as a tight end, this is um, – and I love Kittle, and I love the Kelseys, uh, Travis Kelsey and that. No question. But he, he now, I believe, can be talked at in that level. And – his physical presence with our tackles, we talked about this the last two weeks here yeah. on the show. Man, we, and I mean this to be funny, is I really don't exactly know who our tackles have been <laughs> the last few weeks. Yeah. Okay, they've done awesome, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable how awesome you guys have done. But having this tight end next to you right there, and for David Njoku to be making plays like that with his athleticism, but then being a stone-cold tough guy blocker at the end man of the line of scrimmage is one of the really big keys, I think, to this Joe Flacco resurgence of our offense and stuff. He's doing it um, in the passing game for sure, we see. But he's more impressive to me in what he's doing blocking in and around the line of scrimmage. And that makes him, to me, one of the best, if not the best, all-around tight end in the NFL right now. Why is he open on every single play? Every single play, David Njoku is open. How do defenses not know by now, like, especially with Noah Amari Cooper last night, wide open in the middle of the field? All the time, it's always there. This is sort of a joke, but me and him have been so close over the years, that's all I talked with him about is the presence that you're supposed to have with your quarterback and how you develop that relationship with your quarterback and Baker Mayfield. And back in the day when you're staying in, and in this system, the tight ends and the backs, they tend to block a fair amount and then leak out into pass protection. He was really a check down on that first third and 15 conversion. That was just a check down into the zone. And him understanding the macro of it and then developing a rapport with his QBs, flat out talking to him, knowing that you could always count on me. So in the old days, I like to talk about the team and what they're doing and not be one of those guys that says, oh, back when I did it. But man, when I know that David Njoku knows where to get open, like I'm looking at you, Adam, but I see the camera to the right. I really should never look at you in the eyes. So now when you, the quarterback knows, that David Njoku will find that void, and then they have that little communication. Um, he's always the security blanket out there, so he's able now to find those voids, and he's finding them. Yeah. Um, almost like, not what Travis Kelsey, I believe, is doing in um, Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and kind of the freedom to ad-lib, yeah. but there's a little bit of ad-living within the check-down principles that are able to find those voids and then, like, Joe Flacco's really adept at using those tight ends and having that yeah. check down to yeah. dominate. Bernie, uh, the Joe Flacco story coming into this week was already absurd. It was already crazy. It was already a fairy tale. Last night, 90 minutes before the game, we find out Amari Cooper's not going to play. You're playing. This is the best secondary that he's faced since he's been here. Jets obviously are really good in the secondary. And he throws for 296 yards in the first half. How is this happening? 
Well, I've been I've been so excited coming in on this show the last few weeks that I'm calling you to come in to talk about how fun it is at this time of the year to yeah. talk about Browns playoffs, Browns fun, Browns W's, and then flat out just Joe Flacco's um, gift that he's brought to us. It's not you know this is not false enthusiasm. This isn't kind of let's hype our team. Nobody wants to play us right now. No. And we are as dominant with Joe Flacco and him understanding, um, understanding um, the checkdowns and the system. And we were talking about the last couple weeks how he's getting better with it. And, and this, is, this is something where no team wants to play the Cleveland Browns right now. Bernie, you was, you at the game last night, right? Yeah, so that's why actually I need some of my co-star coffee because I did not see a single play because the fans were so excited. <laughs> so there is nothing I saw there literally last night. Well, that, that's perfect because I was going to ask you about the atmosphere last night. You've played with the Browns. If you had some success, I'm sure the atmosphere was pretty good. How do you compare last night compared to when you played? So the, the atmosphere, the excitement, um, is at such a tilt level. So just a shout out and congratulations to the fans, to the organization. Heck, the guys like Jason who's had to go into the locker room every day for you know decades where it's been hard to do. It's yeah. been hard to follow. I mean, heck, we're doing a December 29th show, holiday season. Super happy, not talking about who the coach is going to be, what the draft pick's going to be. Fired. We're relevant. Yeah. And, and we're not just being homers in Cleveland. We're good. Nobody wants to play us. Okay? I'm super excited. Yeah, it's a 2.4% chance that we could have the home field advantage to yeah. it. But nobody wants to play us. I'm confident with us going on the road. It's even yeah. better if it would be able to be at home. And last night... As much as I truthfully just wanted to be a fan and just be a student of the game and be able to articulately go back and forth with X's and O's um, with people and knowing I was going to do the show today and be able to be intelligent about the plays I saw, I didn't see any. And, 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 I, and to your question, it was because the fans, it was so special to them. I had guys, guys older than me crying. They were so excited. That's it was amazing. such a special environment. I was so honored to be part of it. And, you know, to meet people for 10 or 15 seconds and be able to see that love and excitement and see so many dads who are there with their 20-year-old or 15-year-old little boys and that kind of father-son bond. It was, it was super awesome to see the people enjoying it this time of the year. It took me back to watching David. I talked about this at the start of the show, watching David talk with some kids in the stands watching Joe Flacco hanging out with it reminded me of your team in the 80s and how I mean it was a bond between the players right. we don't see that very much anymore and well said and Jace too it wasn't fabricated it wasn't just for TV they generally are good guys bonding with the community and stuff and to see and almost to your, your point Ty is that our question was you know, the, the fans and the excitement and the comparison of it, it really brought back kind of emotional memories of, of being able to, to, to live that, to live those fun moments. Because, yeah. man, it's how many times have we had Christmas and New Year's where you couldn't give away tickets no. to last night. I couldn't get a friend to go with Bernie Kosar to a it'd football be, game now. And the all Steeler fans <laughs> celebrating another trip to yeah, the Yeah, making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, it, it, 
if the if the Ravens can Raven, I just say enjoy yeah. watching us during the playoffs? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. First, first time since '89. Did you know that stat? First time since '89, the Browns are going to finish ahead of the Steelers. Um, I heard that. I also heard this is the first time. The second time in Browns history that we have 12 wins. The only other time was with, with me, I think, yeah. in 86 or 87. Yeah. And actually, uh, maybe this is a thing to maybe talk about myself or to talk about Joe Flacco's presence, but Joe Flacco, and Marino, and myself were the only quarterbacks to go to the playoffs the first five years in our career. And to remember back like that and to see and people say, oh, how does Joe Flacco get off the couch and show up in November and do this stuff? He's always been special. I mean, he's one of been in the playoffs the first five years in his career. He's got a Super Bowl and stuff. He could see he could adapt and learn. And he's he's being able to he's being able to kind of galvanize us and ride this emotion. Bernie, obviously, if the Ravens lose to Miami on Sunday, the Browns will still be able to potentially win the division. You're going to play everybody against the Bengals. If the Ravens win, the Browns are locked into that five spot. Obviously, there's something to be said for momentum, the way Flacco's playing. But what do you? T- is the right call to sit everybody if the Browns are locked into that five spot next week? So I, it was a long night last night. Yeah. I'm still adjusting to we're in the playoffs. Yeah. I w- w- do want to analyze that because I debate that myself. Of the Belichick, let's play it out and be be ready. Time sometimes rest. Um, you lose your in syncness, and Joe does does an extra game of you know his fifth game practice, getting ready for. Um, the playoffs help, or does he need rest? And he knows, he'll know, and he'll right, be able right, to talk. Right, yeah. I, I really found fascinating some of the things you were talking about as I was coming on about the possibility of like a Jarvis Landry. Yeah. You know, I, I oh, we love, like, first, we love Amari Cooper. So, yeah. God, is, come check me out with my health and wellness and I can help you get healed quicker, okay, legally to make that. But if he can't make it, okay. The, the weather is getting better. Why David Njoku's making big plays and getting yak yards after catch <laughs> is in this, you know, it was a nice night last night, but it's still a landfill, Cleveland Stadium. It's still a mud pit down there. And it's a, understanding guys that are kind of tough mindset guys that could work in between the numbers. And Jarvis Landry fits into that. Nobody fits into it like Amari Cooper and stuff, yeah. but those may be kind of options that, if we're going to make a longer run in the playoffs, and we should be planning on that, yep. you know, to put to start having an extra guy or two like that on practice squad that could move up if Amari has an issue on a Friday or Saturday before a game. Or Elijah Moore, because he got a concussion last yeah, night. So yeah, so like, look at Elijah Moore. Like, yeah. we want him bad. We love, yeah. like, look at Joe Flacco and his timing from the Jets. We're bearing the uh, fruits of that, that relationship. Yep. So... We want that optimally, but if those guys can't go, we look at we could go to Kansas City. Oh yeah. Okay, and look at we could go to Baltimore. We did it. So uh, that's right. Now having that belief and having the guys that actually could do that, and of course, Chief is a tough guy in there doing that. You want Elijah Moore and you want Amari Cooper, but if you don't have that, I'd feel I'd be really comfortable with a, a tough guy like uh, Jarvis Landry. You know, because that kind of guy's been been there and done that. Yeah. You know? Bernie, when you look at, let's say, let's play devil's advocate and say that they lock in at the fifth seed and they had to play an AFC South opponent in the first round. 
who would you rather, Jacksonville, Texans, or the Colts? So I um, I I love C.J. Stroud. Go Bucks! I love, and it has nothing to do. I like love them coming out. I'm a Frank Wright fan. He should have drafted him. Everybody should have drafted him. It was an easy decision, okay? Um, and it's a, that's an easy question to answer. We don't want to play C.J. Stroud in Houston again, okay? We know we could beat the other guys. We could probably – okay, I'm not afraid of that, mm-hmm. right. okay? But it, it, what's optimal? Yeah. He's not optimal. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. For, and that's not because I'm buying a Buckeye guy. He's good. He's real good. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Hey, he would rather play He's the real Jackson. deal. He's the real deal. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is beat up. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, either one of those, I think. I, I think it'd be in all, any of those three, but I agree with you. C.J. Stroud is the one wild card yeah. that yeah. they didn't have to deal with the first time. Bernie, uh, Jason was talking about how Joe is, like, he when guys screw up, he's, he's on them. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter that he's new. He's a veteran. He's proven it. How important is that to the way Yeah, we, we can't help ourselves, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this, 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 this isn't marketing. This yeah. isn't feel-good time. Yeah. Okay, this isn't I don't care about your feelings right yeah. now. This is win or go home, okay? And it's this is why he goes to the playoffs. This is why his first five years he's in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why he's a Super Bowl champ and MVP got in that. So the, yeah. that guy gets after it and that's that's good and you got it and yeah. i love that I, and that it, that's co- we all say that we we're independent we all say we can make decisions when he goes like that he's making he's telling his guys what to do it it, it crystallizes to them yeah. what they need to do too and you could see that they have so much respect for him Oh, yeah. That they, they take the advice as opposed to human nature saying, oh, why are you telling me this? They take it, implement it, and then you can see it working moving forward. Bernie, what do you think is the biggest difference between this Cleveland Browns team and the ones in the, prep in the past? So, belief. If I, if I was going to go on a macro homily of belief and being positive and genuinely having a belief in yourself – um, that makes a positive difference in anything you do. Mm-hmm. And I think this team really believes they can win. They really believe they're good. And now, and I, and then philosophically, you match that up with the Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry kind of physical running game that we're trying to do and be in a physical presence. I, I, I think that, com, uh, that combination is, has a convergence for us of, of yeah. why we're seeing this success. You mentioned the running game. They hadn't been running well until last night. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford had a big game. They blocked well. Joe Flacco has not been sacked two weeks in a row. The offensive line seems to be playing, improving. Now, yeah, that with the injuries. And, and that coupled with, with play action pass that yeah. Joe's doing under center, you can keep an extra back and a tight end in. And then you saw genius level movement like Joe Flacco doesn't isn't uh, known for a lot of athleticism. Dan Marino wasn't. Yeah. I for sure wasn't. But look at the way he moves in the pocket. I mean, and he's got this. I don't want to go too much into it because it is giving up a game plan or a strategy of how you dice up a defense and you I eat up the linebackers and DBs mm-hmm. on scramble drills, like how he – he had no intention of running that ball on the touchdown pass to Ford, okay? He knew Ford was over here, and he's running at that first down stake. He's going to go. I'm going to get that pile. I'm getting a first down. 
I'm looking at it. He knows Ford's there, and he just does that flip one yard in front of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You are in such a bind. The yeah. DB yeah. linebacker, yeah. the savvy veteran. Like, that's, that flips the whole game. You know, oh, yeah. like, and those two, three, four plays in a muddy track that we're going to get probably in Baltimore and Cleveland and Kansas City, and Joe Flacco, albeit not mobile, he's coming up. We're coming up with this scheme in play action passing that you can create those checkdowns, even if it's not there, by the way he pretends to move mm. or pretends to run to get the DB to believe I'm going to right at the line of scrimmage, get there. And then the David Njoku is Ford last night. Kareem Hunt's really good at finding open voids. It was my Leroy Hoyt. Leroy was the best at doing what Ford did last night. And Joe Flacco has implemented that into the game. And that's good stuff. And that's hard stuff to defend in the playoffs, man. Because yeah. you know, do I come up and hit me? Yeah. Or do I sit I back? Oh, yeah. uh, then you stay back, and yeah, it's yeah, like you're on you're film, <laughs> avoiding contact, and avoiding killing the quarterback. Yep. Like you, it's a lot that goes in your head in that point two seconds, yep. and I'm taking advantage of it. Yep. Bernie, Joe's taking advantage. He of it. is great. It's been unbelievable. What a fun ride. It's been fun talking about it with you, and we'll talk about it with you next week. Thank you as always for joining us. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New what Year. What are you doing? Yeah. Anything for New Year's? Or? I think I'm hanging out with you doing a podcast. I know. We've got to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll Dude, figure I, it out. I I'll want the you. people to think I'm socially active no. and I'm dating you. That's Come on, man. All right. Great talk. With Bernie. We're going to do Super Chats in a minute. We're coming up on WKYC in about 10 minutes. Mike, go ahead. Awesome, Bernie. Thank you as always. Let's get into some Super Chats today. We have a bunch, and we appreciate everyone. Also, we asked for likes. You guys delivered and keep hitting the like button. We appreciate it. But the first super chat comes from P. Williams, who says Earl the Pearl deserves a show montage and replay of his awesome call going 5-0 and down the stretch. Awesome, Earl. If they play the starters and beat Cincy, you're the man in my book forever. Earl, we're sending our well wishes and thoughts with you and your family today, who's going through a little bit of a uh, medical situation. Brian Rizzo, seven wins against teams that have a 500 or better record. Big Steve says, I'm in hangover hell right now, but screw it, go Brownies. <laughs> Bobby G says, the number two rating today looks better, doesn't it? Hashtag playoffs. Halim Youssef says, I love David Njoku, but Jason, please ask him and the coaches why he holds the ball like a loaf of bread and doesn't hold it on top. It's an easy fix. He hasn't done it for years. It may cost us a Super Bowl at this point. And Tyvis, real quick, but you mentioned something before the show about how and Joku carries the rock. Yeah, he ha he's doing this like this. When, when he was running, he was with it open. And, yep. you know, defenders look for that because he's a punch-out candidate. Yep. You want to punch at the ball. You got to get that thing tucked that like this. So you can keep – yeah, just yeah. boom, and it's going to come right out. Usually, typically, more people that got the ball, the time that they do that is when they're falling forward because they want to put the ball out. You see those defenders come in and punch at it, and it comes out at the bottom. So he just got to tuck that ball in and keep it close to his chest. Next up comes from Charles Piles, who says Flacco Mania is running wild. Peter R. says the Browns are finally back. No more misery after 20 years. Kevin and A.B. will keep this team relevant for the next decade. This is the team my ancestors told me used to exist in the 80s. Let's go. Peter R. Let's go. That's my favorite super chat of the day so far, that. Peter R. <laughs> Warlord0311 says, what a time to be a fan. Go Brownies. Hashtag day one fan. 
OP Method says, if Joe wants to come back, he needs to be our starter. Time to swallow Eagles. Watson is the future. But look what Aaron learned from Brett Favre. By the way, uh, Joe Flacco, is one. he loves Cleveland, but he did complain that there's no – he said, I think last night, there's no, what, Cleveland needs a 24-hour diner, <laughs> which is true. We yeah. do need a 24-hour diner. He's from Jersey. He would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need a 24-hour. Somebody. Anthony is, says there's a 24-hour diner in Lakewood. There is? Which one? It's called My Friend's Favorite Diner. It's right oh, across yeah. the street from Brothers on 117. Yeah. Well, apparently he was <laughs> he's in Parma this morning at Duncan, right? Is that on social Yeah, I have media? the picture. Hold on. Wearing is, the one pullover that he brought with him in the suitcase? Come on, somebody get Joe a local coffee joint. Let's pass the hat and buy Joe another. Don't go to don't go to a, a chain. Joe, I'll buy you a, a quarter zip because you've so won that everybody one seven should, times. You know, we should start a uh, spreadsheet for people to just make meals for Joe and his family. <laughs> right? Like, I'm sure we have thousands of people that would cook for Joe and his oh, family. He'll never thousands. buy a meal, never buy a beer. He's no. a Cleveland he legend. Went, we had a bunch of people, by the way, gift memberships today. Phil Bowman gifted nice, 10. Phil. Shout out to you, Phil. Ray Smith, KR Thunder, Graham Dog, and Joe Roscoe's all gifted five. Thanks, you guys. guys are the real MVPs. Is, why y'all gifting memberships? Or is it Earl? No, Earl if they go five Earl. and no, Earl yeah. said he gifted. We, yeah, we all got to give 50. So that, that's a decision and a topic we're going to... Earl might get screwed approach. on the 5-0. Who put if they me s- into this? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next up, Devontae <laughs> Travis yeah. said, did you see after the Hickman interception, Garrett tapped him like, good play, bro. Like Tyler says. That's funny because I said Bucks. that. I, to be honest with you, when you go back and look at it, I'm pretty sure Garrett Wilson let him score on that play because he easily could have laid out and clipped his legs. I think he just was like, eh, go that ahead. That was a bro. lot of fantasy points for me, so thank <laughs> you, Garrett Wilson, for not tackling him. <laughs> B-Dog21 said Trevor Simeon only had 1.9 seconds to throw last night. Not much you can do as a quarterback at that point. Go Bucks tonight and go Brownies. Simple says, eventually we have to pay these three corners. It's inevitable that one, possibly two, have to go. As no. of today, if you could only keep two, who are you keeping? That's, 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 uh, that's NFL propaganda right well, there. Well, Denzel's under contract. Uh, G. Yeah. New will get a Nichols contract. It won't be like a top Nichols contract. And Martin Emerson, we'll see. He, he, he trending up. He's in year two. They got a little he bit got of time a while. Yeah, they got like two years. Yeah. All right, well, that. moving on. Dontavious Winston says, still yeah. can't believe Mikey wants Flacco to be the only starter playing next week. That's a lie. I want them all to play. I'm not ruining this momentum. No. I'm not ruining this momentum. He's not playing unless Uber the driver. Ravens lose. Oh, Uber driver says, Flacco reminds me of Cap Rooney, the quarterback from any given Sunday. Simple says, last night was electric, but if the Ravens somehow falter and the Browns win the division, how much more electric can that stadium be for a home playoff game? Mm. Jason, Ty, as you were there, what's the answer? There's another gear. There's the, there's levels to this, as Gene oh, would yeah. say. There's levels to this. There'll be another level. I'd love to see an AFC Championship game. I was going to ask Bernie about it. We ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, the the drive, I think it was the last AFC Championship game in Cleveland. Mm. That would be incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Go ahead, Mike. We got three more. Preston yeah. Herring says, Browns to the playoffs. The Steelers suck. Flacco Fever's <laughs> taking over the country. Adam Rank is in Twitter hell right now. What a Friday. 
Go Brownies. <laughs> Poor Adam Rank. I'll tell you what. One thing I love about Cleveland, it yeah. is the pettiest. Oh, city. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. America. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam Rank oh, is fun. Adam man. Rank predicted Even the, the Browns every game. He, I got like almost every game wrong. He's, he's, he's two says six and, and 11. right now. Six two and, 11. and 14. Cleveland fans have long memories. Love and it. they you know don't what? ever love forget. It. The funny thing is that David Njoku actually brought it up in the end. I know. And I'm he like, said, oh, everybody, they keep receipts around. I love it. What do you, you know, he got it wrong. That's all right. But it's funny. Two more. Big Bill said, no Jarvis Landry. How about Austin Watkins off the practice squad? I'd rather have Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fine. You just need a guy that you know can get it done. And Austin Watkins did it in the preseason. Not saying that he can't get it done, but yeah. I would have to see it. And I mean, so they're going to need another wide receiver. They need another wide receiver and another we quarterback. We actually mentioned, Zach and I mentioned Austin Watkins last night as yeah. someone who could come up against the Bengals if you're going to sit everybody. Yeah, sure. Sit. But, but they got to add. But we're talking yeah. about something different. Yeah, here. yeah. And our last super chat comes from Bull's best friend, Dank Nasty Assmaster. <laughs> Who says if Flacco is the elite dragon and Joku is the elite Phoenix, being reborn through fire? Good call, dark there. nasty ass master. Dank <laughs> nasty. Sorry, dark, dark nasty. <laughs> Not dark nasty, <laughs> but dank dark nasty ass master is way different. Respect yeah, that dank. would be a respect dank. Dank. with this name. <laughs> dank nasty ass master. Know. If you if you want to tell Tyvis, uh, I'm on Tuesday show and he's in. Just send it in and we'll read it. We make sure you guys. Get an answer. To you really want to know? I really do want to know. I'm, okay. I'm very curious to know how he came up with this. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. We're going over to WKYC. Make sure, folks, Channel 3, WKYC.com. If you can't see it, you'll, have, you'll see it tomorrow. We love you all. The Browns are in the playoffs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.